Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. So today we wanted to talk about walking freely in regards to serving others. This is very pertinent because we're living in a world right now that is probably uh, the most self-absorbed, the most selfish, self-serving, self-serving, self-gratifying climate that we've ever lived in. Social media doesn't help, you know, every you know, there's so many things that encourage people to look out for them and what's in it for me and what am I going to get and when is my next big break? And even if you're not careful, your prayer life can turn into something like that. And your relationship with God can turn into what's in it for me. Lord, bless me with this, help me with that. When the call of God is actually to flip that. So because God has lavished his grace and his love on us, our appreciation for that will encourage us and not just encourage us, but strongly urge us to seek out ways to be generous with our time, our resources, and our talents to other people. So today we're going to talk about what it looks like to walk freely in the area of humbly serving others. So freedom is a calling to humbly serve others. All this freedom that we've been talking about is leading to an outward act of us being the literal hands and feet of God in this earth. Mm -hmm. Us manifesting God's grace and his glory outwardly to people who would probably never meet God. It's, very, it's interesting to understand how God set this whole thing up that no one can physically see God, right? But we see God through each other. And we see God through interactions and we feel God and we can touch God through our interactions with other people. So that means God wants us to be as clear of a channel as possible, as confident in our relationship with him so that he can flow through us and touch other people's lives in a very deep way. The Bible says in Galatians 5 and 13, it says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. And as before stated, serving the flesh, what does that look like? That looks like self-gratification. That looks like being about you. The word sensuality comes to mind, where it's just pleasing myself, feed feeding myself, more concerned about what I can get, things like that. The Bible's saying you're free, living as free people does not give you permission to use that freedom for yourself. But God wants you to use the freedom that is bought in Christ to humbly serve one another in love, right? So what is love? God is love. The definition of the love by which we use to serve other people is we serve other people not from our capacity to love them, but it's from God's capacity to love them. What does God's capacity uh, of love look like? It's unconditional. It's sacrificial. It, he, God loves us out of our mess. 
It's patient. It's kind. It does not keep a record of wrong. This is the kind of love that we are called to humbly flow in our relationships with others. Easier said than done, right? And it's so easy for us to get captivated by the lure of society and the lure of what it seeks to redefine. But the whole context of walking freely is not walking freely in your own strength, but there's a level of trust. There's a level of um, confidence that we have in God's ability to use us for his glory. So what is biblical generosity? Generosity and biblical generosity are two different things, right? Because generosity, from our point of view, is we're giving based on what we deem as valuable and as uh, uh, not as costly, for instance, right? So, so when we give somebody something, the temptation humanly is to give from your excess, right? right? Or to give from what you have left over or to give from your abundance, right? right? Um, but biblical generosity is more... Uh, sacrificial in a sense that I'm giving, not looking for a reward directly. Like, I'm not giving to you, I'm giving to God. And when I give to God, God is the one that magnifies it and makes it more valuable to you. I was just going to add, along with that principle is, mm-hmm. is the fact that when you, sometimes God will require you to give in your need. Right. So not right. only are you are you like like you just said, but sometimes you'll have to give when you don't have it, right. or it's your last. So it's yeah. it's it's like the the uh, example in the Old Testament. I'm reminded of when the prophet asked for cake, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Well, I only have enough oil to make cake for myself and, and my son, mm-hmm. and then you know that's it. Then we're gonna die. That's we, it. We have no more. Yeah. And he says, "Well, make it for me and let me eat it now." The normal person would be like, um, in no, what world? sir, yeah. no, <laughs> I'm going to make it for me and my son. And I'm sorry, you'll have right. to go to the next door over. But in doing that and being obedient, God blessed the prophet. But more importantly, he blessed the widow and mm-hmm. her son. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, the giving that God requires us, and this is not even just monetarily that exactly. we're talking about, yeah. but just the giving out of ourselves mm-hmm. is for a greater purpose and if you if you're not careful, you'll look at it from the vantage point of well, that's not fair to me. Mm-hmm. But God is saying, no, do this first, and then you'll get double, triple, quadruple what you would have got holding on to what you deem mm-hmm. is necessary for yourself. Right, hundred percent. And it's an, it's another level of trust. One of the things that that um, I, I think it's it's a struggle for a lot of people, especially when it comes to talking about generosity. It's first off, you know, they've been burned so many times. You know, some people have poured out and given their time and 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 it it was a thankless experience, right? right? So so it causes people to look at, you know, sacrifice and look at giving of themselves or giving of their resources or giving of their um, time as they need to protect it because they're trying to protect its value, right? right? But what God is teaching us through this whole walk freely series and just the mindset, changing the mindset is Everything hinges on God's graciousness. Everything hinges on God's generosity, right? And how God gives. And there's no, he gives to the point that there's no way to pay him back. You know, a thank you is is the best that we could do. Living a life that is pleasing to God 
with his help, is the best that we could possibly do to return the favor for God waking us up this morning and letting our heart keep beating and providing for us and opening up. To, and when you have a revelation of the magnitude of how much God has given, you will want to give back. And you will want to seek out ways on how you can be more servant-minded and less selfish. And that's a harsh word, but when you think about it, I mean, that's kind of what it is in the context of how much God has given us. Mm -hmm. So biblical ge generosity calls us to generously serve others with our time, with our gifts and talents, and with our resources. Those three areas, biblical generosity causes us to mimic God in those areas, okay? So first, with our time. Your time, time meaning how you patiently and lovingly deal with others. How patiently and lovingly available are you to serve others with your time? Someone is, I'll give you an example, someone has a problem or has an issue and you know they call on you for help, or they want to just talk to you, or they want to they they want to connect with you. They want your advice, your wisdom, your counsel. Are you looking at your watch because you don't have time for what this is? Are you saying in your mind, "Oh, this is a silly issue. Just do this." Are you? What's your posture when it comes to your time and your availability to be an instrument of God's use, just to be an ear, J just to be a comfort to someone? You know. Um, and I think that's very, as New Yorkers thinking about that, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, come on, yeah. Yeah, let's go. Time. This is not... Because it's, it's usually time is money, exactly. right? That's the saying. Yeah. I, I, you saying that reminded me of last night, um, we were watching the Cosby show and there was an episode, uh, one of my favorite ones, where Elvin, uh, Sandra, I'm sorry for those of you that are not familiar with the Cosby show. I, I don't know how you couldn't be, yeah, but man. for those of you that are not, I'm sorry. This will go over your head. But in this episode, this particular episode, um, Sandra basically... Um, yeah, they want to the watch the game. Right? She, she volunteers yeah. her and Elvin to help friends move, right? But it's, one, it's on a Sunday where Elvin, unbeknownst you know, to him, he doesn't realize that she's done this. He's already planned to you know, kick back, relax, and watch a football game with Dr. Huxtable and, and Martin or whatever. You know, so the, the point is he was he was like ready to just enjoy his Sunday. And she volunteers him and her to help their friends move. And throughout the whole episode, like he's struggling <laughs> because he's annoyed, he's upset yeah. because he's thinking about the fact that he has now had to sacrifice his Sunday and what he wanted to do. It wasn't necessarily that he had to watch that. It wasn't like he was missing out on something he needed that Sunday. It was something he wanted to do. It was leisure. Right. Right. It was just, it was his Sunday. You know, you, every, you work throughout the week. Yeah. This is my time on the weekend that I get to relax and replenish myself. Mm -hmm. So now I have to forego doing what I wanted to do so that I can help someone else. And it, it just made me think about how oftentimes God will require us or he'll yeah. challenge us, I, I should say, uh, to, to help somebody in a situation where we are, I mean, we, we're not lacking. It's just what we want to do. Like, I want to relax right now. It's like, yeah. I don't want to have to do what 
somebody is asking me to do, or they may not even ask you, but you may feel a pull in your heart, like, I should go do this. I should help. I should, you know, whatever, whatever that is. I mean, you know, you, you know, you've been in those situations, but long story short, he ends up after a while coming to grips with the fact that, okay, we got to help. We missed the game after many, you know, mm -hmm. instances of trying to watch the game after a while just says, okay, I give up. Let's just go help and do what we had to do in the first place. And when they get back, the game is recorded. They get to chill out and mm -hmm. still do what he wanted to do. It may not have been on his time mm. or the way he wanted it, mm -hmm. but he still ended up getting what, you know, he wanted in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's just a reminder that God will challenge us often to, again, serve outside of what we want to do. Yeah. And we may be justified in wanting to feel a certain way, but he's saying, no, go beyond what you want to feel and do what I'm challenging you to do because that's serving. Yeah. That's God's heart. Absolutely. So serving humbly with no personal agenda. Serving humbly is actually serving freely in the context of what God is saying. So Matthew 6, 2 through 4, and I'll read that to you. Jesus says this. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward in full. This is Jesus now, and this is very sobering because it's basically saying uh, some of us may be, uh, are not seeing the uh, recompense from God or the blessing from God from the things that we've done because deep down we were not doing it fully for God, but we were doing it so that we could be seen as a generous person. So when we go and feed the hungry, we're bringing our camera with us so that we can say, oh, I had a great day today feeding the hungry. Right. And we put it out there on Facebook or social media and we're getting millions and it's going viral and everybody's clapping. Man, that's great. That is your reward. Hand claps. Your reward is viral video views. Mm. And God says that is your reward in full. Why? Because you didn't do it for me. You did it for you. Same thing with, the, with, with serving our time, using our gifts and talents, you know, using our resources. Mm. The heart of why you're doing it is what God is looking at. And if you're doing it unto the Lord, meaning, God, I'm doing this because there's no way that I could repay you for all that you have done for me that I know you've done. Right. We ain't even talking about the stuff that you've done that you will never get credit for because my human mind will never comprehend the magnitude of your goodness. Right. And that makes me think about children, the wonderful children that we have. We love them dearly. But oftentimes there's so many things that are being done behind the scenes above their radar that they can't, they don't have the capacity to thank us for. They don't have the, the ability to thank us for it because they don't understand the magnitude of what we're doing mm -hmm. that's making their life a reality. That's how we are with God. 
So there's a posture here that God is challenging us in, and the fact that our mindset, our hearts, our agendas, why we do things have to be screened through the Holy Spirit. So the first area that we're talking about is giving. And when we say giving, I want us to get our mindset out of just money, right? Money is important, okay? Bible says clearly money answers all things, all right? The love of money is the root of all evil, not money. So money in itself is not evil. The love and idolatizing of money is where the root of evil is. Money is a resource. For some people, that's what God is calling you to use. Use the resource that you have. For some of you, it's your gifts. You have the ability to do things that people couldn't pay for. For some of you, it's your time. You have the gift of helps, and you'll be able to, you're able to serve in areas because you have time. These are the things that God is calling us to humbly serve in, and you're not doing it for people. You're doing it unto God as an instrument of God for people. And it's, it's that mindset and it's that concept that kind of helps us to be able to live more free in this area. So give freely, right? Giving freely means you are giving uninhibited and graciously. It is not under compulsion. It is not because you feel like you have to give or God's going to get you. Because that's not how God works. That's not what it is. The Bible tells us very clearly that you make up in your mind and in your heart what you like to give. Okay? And, that's, and then when we say give, once again, if you're going to give your time, don't do it begrudgingly. Right. Don't do it like, oh, I only got 15 minutes. You're wasting my time. I can't. I got things to do. Hurry up. Because at the end of the day, that's not giving unto the Lord who's given you a life yes. and breath. He's not tapping his clock when we're wasting time. So it's the graciousness and the uninhibited posture that God wants us to use when we are giving of ourselves. 2 Corinthians uh, 9, 6 through 13. And this verse kind of gives us quite a bit, and it shows us the posture um, that we should have and how God sees giving. Okay, and it says, remember, and this is the easy to read version. It says, remember this, the one who plants few seeds will have a small harvest, but the one who plants a lot will have a big harvest. Each one of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. You should not give if it makes you unhappy or if you feel forced to give. God loves those who are happy to give. And God can give you more blessings than you need, and you will always have plenty of everything. You will have enough to give to every good work. As the scriptures say, he gives generously to the poor. His goodness will continue forever. God is the one who gives seed to those who plant, and he gives bread for food. And God will give you spiritual seed and make that seed grow. He will produce a great harvest from your goodness. Mm. He will produce a great harvest from your goodness. 
God will make you rich in every way so that you can always give freely. And look at the look at the relationship with God. God is saying, if you're willing to open up your capacity, right? Because the resources are not yours anyway. Right. Like if you can open up the storehouse of all that I've given you and be willing to, to allow me to distribute it freely through you, your life will be blessed because your focus is on me. And translating God's hands and God's feet and God's grace and God's love and God's provision to those who may not be able to access it, access it as easily. And your giving through us will make people give thanks. Now watch this. When God is able to give and serve through us, that will automatically cause people to thank God. Yes. It creates a cycle of gratitude that goes heavenward. And God will bless you because he's getting praise through your generosity. So the praise is not coming to us because we didn't post it for views to get the recognition. All that praise, all those rewards, all those hand claps are going to the one who is the originator of everything. He's going to God. I mean, if you think about it, God will use you to answer somebody's prayer, which yeah. will cause them to believe. Yeah. It'll help increase their faith. That's right. Because you've been in a position to answer a prayer, even though it's God moving on your heart, mm -hmm. he's given you the resources, like you said, channel the resources through you to distribute and give to people that in that moment are desperate, desperate. for an answer from God, desperate for yeah. an answer to their situation. Mm -hmm. And you doing a simple act, like you said, not under the guise or pretense of being seen, right. but just doing it because you're being obedient and you're feeling led, mm -hmm. increases their faith. So like, and, and like Amen. the scripture says, it will cause them to give thanks back to God. Like, God, yep. you heard me. I, I believe you even more. I worship you. I pray. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it, it really, it puts in perspective the importance of it. Yeah. And, and it also puts it in perspective, you know, the many times people haven't seen God. Right. That people were praying and you were the answer prayer. Right. But because we were so self-absorbed thinking about ourselves, they didn't get that blessing or they didn't see God in a desperate situation. Yeah. And we can all relate to being desperate. Lord knows. Yeah. We can all, we all know what it feels like to have been uh, uh, struggling <clears throat> and, and praying and asking God for help. When God is going to use, he's looking for someone to use, to be generous through, to be gracious through. And that's the beauty of serving freely and walking freely in this area. Amen. The service you're offering helps God's people with their needs, but that is not all it does. Once again, this is 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 13, easy to read. It is also bringing more and more thanks to God. This service is a proof of your faith that if you're willing to be generous, it proves that you have faith. And people will praise God because of your faith. They will praise God that you freely share what you have with them and with all people. They will praise him to see you following the good news about Christ that you openly accepted, like you just said, babe. And they will praise God because you freely share with them and with all people. So what does giving freely do? It creates an environment of praise to God. 
It creates a culture of praise to God. Yes. It creates a liberty. It creates a safety because there is no need that God is not able to address. It gives everybody an opportunity to have their needs met. Mm -hmm. And that's a wonderful thing. So God is calling us in these three areas, our time, which means we are called to patiently love one another and patiently serve one another with our time, our gifts and resources, what God has given you talent-wise, gifts and talents, what you're able to do, God-given gifts. And then thirdly, with our resources, which is our money, our valuables, our treasures. These three areas, God wants to free us up so that he can be a conduit of change in this world through us. Proverbs uh, 19 and 17, this is easy to read, Bible. It says, giving help to the poor is like loaning money to God. He will pay you back for your kindness. Hmm. Giving to those who are less fortunate. Once again, it's not about money all the time. Sometimes it is about money because you're not going to be able to volunteer because you're not even there. So your money needs to work for you, for God. But God sees whenever we give to a cause that God is calling for, whenever we give to something that God is using to bless other people, we are loaning money to God who promises to pay us back. Mm -hmm. That's the Bible. Now, God cannot lie. It is impossible for God to fail. God pays back with interest. We're, 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 we're loaning money to the God that knows the numbers of hairs on our heads and knows all the needs that we have and the ones that we don't even know we're going to have in the future. God knows it all. And when we give to a cause that, God, that God's hand is on, that God believes in, we are loaning money to God. And the Bible says he will pay you back for your kindness. So it's your kindness that God wants to use as a vehicle to make himself known to other people. Mm -hmm. It's your kindness, it's your generosity, it's your availability that God wants to use as a vehicle to show himself to this world. So we have to trust that God will reward us. And I think that is where this kind of gets like, it can get tough for people, right? Because God doesn't always tell you when he's gonna bless you back, mm -hmm. right? But the beautiful thing about this thing is when you, and I've, I've had the privilege of, of having um, conversations with, with people who have the gift of generosity, like the spiritual gift of generosity. That means that they have been anointed as a funnel for finance to resources to help specifically. Their calling is to help ministries go. That's what they, that's what they do. And, and when I have conversations with them, it's just amazing to see how God uses that posture as a channel. It's like he uses them as a faucet, that their resources never run out because they're within what God called them to do. Mm -hmm. So they always have something to give because they're giving it to God. And God will use that to reciprocate throughout their life 
an abundance, a supernatural abundance. And it's encouraging to understand that when we are willing to deepen our understanding and appreciation for the magnitude of what, what God has done for us, not, not even where, what he's given us, like that's going to the next level. But let's just start at what he's done for us through salvation, through healing us on the inside, through blessing us and calling us out of our sinfulness and calling us into purpose and hope. That's an intangible thing that God can give you a fresh start, that you messed up your whole life up until the point that you met the Lord and he presses reset, boom, men in black pen, you start in brand new, new creature. The magnitude of that revelation should motivate us to want to humbly serve the cause of Christ, the cause of God. Psalms 1, uh, 12 and 9 says, they freely give to the poor, their goodness will continue forever, they will be honored with victory. So generosity to those who are less fortunate, broadening this capacity of what it means to be generous outside of monetary means, that when you are, are able to freely give to those who have less in any area, in any capacity, the Bible says that your goodness will last forever and you will be honored with victory. That means your life will have a victory on it because of your willingness to give and to serve. It's through freely serving that others can experience the actual hands and feet of Christ in the earth. And we are the actual extension. And let's get this in our minds. We are the actual extension of God's grace and goodness when we are generous with what we have. We are the physical extension of God's grace and goodness in the earth when we make what we have available for God's use to serve others. And not just serving others with ego and serving others with another agenda, serving others in humility and in God's love. That's the calling. And if we allow ourselves to move more freely in that area, with God as the uh, apex or God as the goal, pleasing God as the goal, not pleasing people, not being this great philanthropist and this great humanitarian, but making yourself available in the totality to be an instrument of transformation and change to other people, God is going to bless you. I just wanted to add to that. I think keeping in mind also that we, in serving others, ultimately we're serving God. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it may be difficult, the concept of, of putting yourself down for another human being, because it's like, we equal, why, why mm -hmm. like what makes you better than, you know, me? Mm -hmm. But I think looking at it from the perspective of serving God ultimately will help sort of uh, propel you to a, more of a life of servanthood and serving others because you realize ultimately I'm serving God. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the parable that Jesus, you know, Jesus loved giving parables. And one of the parables was about the goats and the sheep, right? And he put the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left. And then he he proceeds to talk about a king. It, and I'm just going to read it real uh -huh. quick. Yeah. In um, Matthew 25, starting at the 34th verse, it says... Then the king will say to those on his right, which are the sheep, come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance. So there goes our reward, mm -hmm. right? 
the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. Mm. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Mm -hmm. There goes giving our resources, yeah. your home, your, your, your mm -hmm. business, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Yeah. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Mm. Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Mm -hmm. Then the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Amen. And it just goes back to humbly serving. It's not just serving, it's humbly. And I think it's easier for some people, I won't say for everybody, but it's easier for some people to serve when there is uh, something for them to gain. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily like in re like reciprocally, like with money, mm -hmm. but like status, mm -hmm. like or clout, right? Notoriety, you know, yeah. a lot of people are clout chasers. So, right, or not notoriety. So they'll give to somebody that they deem worthy enough to give to. Right. So they'll give their time or, you know, if, 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 if it benefits them in some way. But when you give to the least, somebody that doesn't have a name, they're nameless, they're faceless, they don't have uh, an identity, they don't have mm -hmm. any status or importance to the world or the people around. Mm -hmm. When you give to them, the least of these, you're giving to God. Amen. And then that's when the, the true inheritance can be had. And ultimately, you want the inheritance God has Amen. for you and not what you can acquire Amen. through riches. Amen. Because all the riches in the world that you've acquired throughout life mean nothing when you stand before God and give an account for your life. So I, I would rather give out of myself and receive my true inheritance, the mm -hmm. reward, and be on the right hand of the Father than on the left. You don't want to be on the left hand of God. Amen. You want to be on the right hand. Amen. So, you know, that's just an encouragement, you know, to keep in mind that we're serving God ultimately. Not people as much as it is. We're just serving God. Amen. One last scripture. Proverbs 11.25. A generous soul will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So may we all grow in the area of biblical, godly generosity so that we may be truly the hands and feet of the least of these right. for God's glory. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this session, this time. You, um, you've met us once more. We thank you. We love and appreciate you, God. Lord, I pray, God, that as we prepare for this week, God, that you would constantly remind us of ways that we can be generous with ourselves, our complete yes, selves, with our time, our resources, our talents, our gifts, everything yes, that encompasses us. Lord, I pray, God, that we would become servants and that we would take on a lifestyle of servanthood, serving others in any way we can because we realize and understand and recognize that when we serve the least of these, that we are serving you, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would touch our hearts, God. I pray that anybody that's not saved, that doesn't know you, God, that you would reveal yourself to them. Please, Lord. And that they would believe on you. All, all we simply have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and we shall be saved. Yes. I pray, God, for every soul listening that you would reveal yourself and that they yes. would receive the salvation that is ready for them, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would, like we always pray, give us the grace for the things that will not change, that we are called to endure or deal with, God. I pray that you would give us the grace to deal with it, God. I pray, God, that you would give us the mercy when we fall short. I pray that you would give us the favor to obtain the things that we cannot on our own. Lord, we thank you and we thank praise you, you. And we vow that we will dedicate our lives to you and forever give your name, praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by what we shared. You can follow us at Sunday Devotionals on Instagram and like us on Facebook, where we can continue our discussions and keep in touch. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.